0: I have the privilege of teaching today from a story that you have uh, you've probably heard since you were a child. Uh, it, it's even if you didn't go to church, you've probably heard of David and Goliath. And if you haven't, a uh, little bit of a spoiler alert. It's a it's a young guy. It's a little guy it's a big guy, but the little guy wins, right? It's like this ultimate underdog story. Uh, it's actually a, a David who was a teenager going against Goliath, who was this massive warrior, uh, real experienced, huge guy, really well equipped, right? But David ends up winning, and and and. That's a great story in and of itself, right? Like God was with David and 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 it's a great story in and of itself. But but I I think maybe even if you've heard this story from Sunday school on like your whole life, there might might have been part of this that maybe you didn't apply to your life or or maybe missed. And and the part that I want to share with you today is something that frankly has changed my life. Seriously, like I I feel like I understand the way God's working in my life better because I I understand this story. Here's the idea: You're going to have giants. They're going to be massive giants coming your way in life. Now, I don't think they're going to be ten foot tall, uh, heavily armed with swords and spears. Giants, typically. I think it's going to be it's it, it's going to be addiction, it's a depression, a divorce bankruptcy, uh, cancer, you you name it. it, It's going to come our way. My, and my experience has been that God, he doesn't keep the giants from coming our way. I, I don't always understand that to be honest. I actually kind of disagree with that. I, I wish, and I pray keep the giants away. And I think there's some obstacles and challenge. He does protect, protect me from ever seeing or facing. But my experience has been that he lets giants challenges, hard things come into my life. And rather than, you know, giant avoidance, rather than taking them away, he actually builds in me a bold faith filled heart to take on with him, the giants that come my way. Again, I'm not necessarily in favor of this. It's just the way God tends to work. So having said that, I want to go back to this story of David and Goliath and just point out four ways that God builds in me and in you a faith-filled, bold heart to take on giants. I think he does this in every single one of us. He did it in David's life. I know he's doing it in my life. I'm absolutely convinced he's doing it in your life. If you'll cooperate, if you'll give permission. So here's here's the first one. If you're if you're taking notes or listening along, the first way I think God builds a heart in your life, I know in mine and David's, is by facing everyday challenges. Like the thing that's right in front of you, like the 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 difficult teenager, the grumpy spouse, the, the health news that you just received, the financial strain that you might be under. Like the challenges right in front of you is the first way God's going to use to build an amazingly bold, faithful heart in your life. This is what, so, so verse 34 of 1 Samuel chapter 17 says this. David says to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came out and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed the lion and the bear. This Philistine will be like one of them because he defied the armies of the living God. So Saul, the king is challenging this teenage David to say, you, you're not equipped to go take on Goliath. And And David's maybe, but here's what I know that, that when a lion or a bear came, God was with me there. So God will be with me when I take on the giant. Now, now let me take you back just a little bit in David's life. So David was the youngest of all of the kids in his household. He was the youngest. And in David's day, in David's day, the oldest was like, the most powerful, the coolest. Uh, It was great to be the number one or the number two. The youngest was forever going to be the sort of the lowest in in rank and in power and honor and that kind of thing. Frankly, I'm an oldest child, so I think that's the way it ought to be, but that's for another time. But so David, while his brothers were in the army uh, fighting and, and, and getting honor, David was left at home to care for sheep. And, and, and being a shepherd wasn't necessarily an esteemed uh, position, but that's where David finds himself. He's all alone. He's caring for sheep. And apparently, a bear comes. And uh, uh, his reaction, let's just say this, is probably a little different than my reaction would have been. Uh, I, my reaction would be, okay, they stuck me out here to take care of sheep. They don't think much of me. There's a bear I'm not risking my life for a sheep. Like like every organization has depreciation, right? You win some, you lose some, right? Like, yeah, have a sheep, enjoy, you know. But David says, no, this is the challenge in front of me. And I'm going to take this challenge on with God. Maybe nobody will notice, but it's it's what's in front of me. I'm going to win this with God. I'm going to do my part and see if he partners with his part. He does. And God comes through. You You don't. You don't take on a bear or a lion unless God helps. And you're very aware of that. And David becomes aware of the fact that in in whatever he's called to do, whatever's in front of him, whatever challenge it is, God's with him. And until you start facing everyday challenges with God and discover for yourself that he's with you, when Goliath comes... You won't be prepared. Uh, maybe, maybe this, uh, maybe this encounter for me will help you. So, so I don't know if if you've ever been to Devil's Tower. It's uh, the north northeast corner of Wyoming. It's this rock that just comes straight up out of the earth, uh, and it's it's just straight on all sides. And I always, as a younger man, wanted to climb. Devil's Tower it's 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 a it's an accomplishment for a rock climber to climb Devil's Tower and I I wanted to do it but but the problem for me is I am terrified of heights like I I don't like to be much higher than the roof of my house off the ground but I I really wanted to climb it and I, and I had a friend who who constantly encouraged hey I climb it all the time it's fun you to it you'll get over that fear of height stuff have a blast, climate. And after a couple years of this, I finally said, Okay. So we go to the tower, we set at the base of it, and, and you have to take this little uh, it's about a half hour class. And in this class, they teach you like like how strong the ropes are that you're going to be hooked into, the carabiners, the harness, the whole thing. They they give the whole spiel. You know, this this rope will hold 400 pounds, and this carabiner is rated to this, and all, all more than I weighed. So intellectually, I understood that as long as I was hooked into the various uh, points, I, I was going to be fine. We started the climb. I got about halfway up. And we reached a section that was just sheer, just looked like to me, there were no holds at all to climb on. <clears throat> but the the guy I was with, I mean, he was a typical rock climber, right? He weighed 150 pounds and it was like one solid muscle and his hands were super strong. He just, just shinies up this thing, right? And I'm down at the bottom of this phase, this leg, if you will. And I don't see any way up, but there's no other, you know, no other options. So I start climbing, and I get I get about halfway up, and the 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 weight on my fingers. Well, let's just put it this way: I'm more than 150 pounds. I'm 200, and none of your business pounds. And I don't have enough strength in this hand to hold it up for very long. And I fell, and I screamed. I mean, you. I, I, he says, the guy I was with, he says, I screamed for my mommy. I don't think I, I don't remember doing that. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I do remember screaming. Cause I was terrified Fall all the way down and not to the bottom to where the rope caught me, fall all the way down to that and just stopped. Work my way back up to that spot, climb about halfway again on that part of it and fall again. I fell three times on that one section, but you know what? The third time I fell, it was kind of fun. Seriously. It was, it was kind of fun. I fall. I kind of enjoyed the view. It was kind of, wow. What had changed between the first time and the third time and all the subsequent times that day that I fell you see, I had started to believe real deep down in my gut that the rope and the carabiners and the harness, it would hold me. I was going to be okay. That's, that's, what, that's what God does with your everyday challenges. Is He begins to teach you that he's got you. He's going to be with you. And your faith gets stronger and bolder when Goliath comes, you're more ready for it. So that's the first way that God's going to build your faith is with everyday challenges. The second way is through criticism. If you back up in verse 28 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, Eliab, David's older brother, who would have probably been his hero, right? Eliab, who's there every day, and and, and he's he's seeing Goliath, and he's He's shrinking back from fighting Goliath. He, he, he baby goes out with a lot of enthusiasm. He and his buddies, you know, they have kumbaya moment in the tent that morning, but then they go out and they see Goliath's challenge and they all shrink back, which would have felt okay, would have felt okay because everybody else was shrinking back. But now his younger brother comes and says, I'll take on Goliath. And it angers Eliab. Listen to what he says. It says, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. And he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. When you start to take on challenges with faith, trusting that God will be with you, you will face criticism there will be people around you who have been shrinking back from their challenges who will criticize you and if you let it god will use that moment to build in you a strong resilient bold heart of faith david david simply says this what have i done can i even speak then he turned away and he leaves See, this could have been the story of David and Eliab. David probably wouldn't have made the Bible if it was the story of David and Eliab, but David could have gotten into it with his brother. Oh, yeah? Why aren't you taking on Goliath? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? That's one of the things that we do when we get criticized, is we turn from the battle, from the challenge God's called us to, we turn to our critics, and we make that the story. This is not the story of David and Eliab. This is the story of David and Goliath. That was what God was calling David to, take on the giant. And so he does what we should do. He makes a simple response, and he turns and keeps focused on what God called him to do. That can be hard to do. Sometimes we, as I said, we get distracted by taking on our criticizer, or sometimes when we're criticized, we receive the criticism and it demoralizes us. Our response is actually, you're right. I'm just a shepherd. Like, you're right. I I can't take on Goliath. Like, yeah. What was I thinking? I'll go back to sheep. Eliab, you guys, you guys got it handled. One of those two responses are so likely in our lives, and God calls us away from that to say no. Have a simple response. Turn and keep going towards the challenge I've called you to go to. And that's what David does here. So God uses everyday challenges. He uses criticism, even criticism from somebody close to us, a family member. And then third, he, he equips each of us uniquely, and we have to trust that we have been uniquely equipped by a God who knew the giant that was coming. In this story, Saul, the king, says, Okay, David, you can go fight Goliath if you want. Why don't you take all my equipment, my sword, my spear, my gear, all this stuff, all the heavy armor stuff and all that. Take that because there wouldn't have been much of that in the army. Saul would have been one of the only ones that would have had a sword. So, he gives David all this, and David puts it all on, and, 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 and it says David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. This is verse 39 I'm reading from. And, and then David said, I cannot go in these. I'm not used to them. So he took all of them off. He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So David says, if you're going to take on Goliath, you got to do it the way we all take on giants. We all put armor on. We all get the sword. We go out. We do hand-to-hand combat with him, with the sword and spear and this, all this stuff. And David says, he tries it, but he says, no, I don't, I'm not experienced, trained. This isn't me. So he takes it all off, and he gets out uh, a uh, a slingshot. Essentially, it'd be a little different than we have as far as slingshots today. It'd be two leather straps with a pouch, and he and he goes and he gets five smooth stones. He thought it might take five for Goliath. Turned out just to take one, as you may know. But he, you know, he he he, he gets five, and and what. What David would do is he'd put a stone in that pouch and he'd spin it as fast as he could get it going. And just the right moment, he'd release that stone at the target. Now, here's something interesting that you may not know. It came to be known at about this era in time that actually the way you take on a large infantry person with sword, spear, like the whole deal. The way you take them on is actually better with a slinger, they came to be called. A slinger was more equipped than somebody to try to go into hand-to-hand combat with them. It, we know now that a slinger could hurl a rock at about 800 feet per second very accurately. That's, uh that's, about the same speed that today's forty-five auto pistol fires a bullet. It's about the same velocity. The, the slingers in, in David's day and after David could sling a rock at about that speed, and there's numbers of accounts of them hitting birds out of the air, of him all kinds of competitions, extremely accurate. And it came, they came to understand, actually, this is the best way to take on a giant. But Saul doesn't know that. You know, everybody looking at this story would say, You're crazy. You're going after Goliath with a slingshot? We've not heard of this before. That's a bad idea. And David says, All I know is God's equipped me to be really good with a slingshot when I take care of sheep. So I'm just going to use what I know. Here's the application. You may feel undereducated. You may feel like you don't have, maybe you're not articulate enough, or athletic enough, or smart you know, smart enough, or whatever it is to take on. Maybe you don't feel experienced enough. This is David's first Goliath, right? You you maybe you don't feel like you're as equipped as other people to take this challenge on. And yet what God is asking you to trust him with is that he knew Goliath was coming. And if you've been following him and just walking where he has been leading you in life, all along he's been equipping you to face that giant. You are ready. You can take this giant on. God's been preparing you. And, and scripture teaches us that he, he only allows the giants to come that he's equipped you to face with strength and dignity and faith and even if Goliath kills you even if something you you will you will serve your purpose in that struggle because he's equipped you for that and he's prepared you you may not fight your giant you may not fight your marriage challenge your parenting challenge your health challenge your financial challenge your emotional challenge the addiction, the you may not fight your giant like your neighbor or your mom or your sister or your brother. And frankly, because of that, they might criticize you. But God is saying, I knew it was coming. I've equipped you. Let's do this together. Let's fight this together. So that's three ways through everyday challenges, through the criticism that you face, And by preparing you in a real unique way, he's been training you. The fourth way is in a crisis moment. In crisis moments, God not only builds your faith, but he also builds then the faith of people around you for them to face their giants. And you've been prepared to face your giant by other people facing their giants. We're a community that faces stuff together. And God uses one person's Bold heart to build another person's bold heart. Watch what happens. So so David walks to Goliath and Goliath starts talking trash. He says, uh, am I a dog that you come at me with like a sling and a stick? Uh, the Philistine cursed David by his God. Come here, he said. Come here. I'll, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the bees. I'm going to feed you to the animals, he says. David says to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll cut off your head, and I'll give your carcass to the birds. He, he's not trash-talked a lot before, so he just repeats Goliath. Like, I'm going to feed you to the animals, right? So he goes, and he gets one stone. And if you know the story, perfect shot, the first shot right on the forehead Goliath is down, he runs up, cuts his head off brutal, brutal times. Cuts his head off. But what happens next is all of the Israel, all of Israel's army who had been shrieking back in fear, they get courage from this moment, and they all charge. And this, this enemy nation that had been persecuting them, killing them, they're, they're defeated that day. They win a great victory that day because David took this step. All of their, their faith was more bold. Their hearts grew as they watched David do this. And I'll tell you this, when you start to face your everyday challenges and people see that the God you serve can be trusted, their heart will grow. Their faith in God will begin to get bolder. They'll get more resilient. It'll make a big difference in their life. There's a lot at stake. A lot at stake when you grow. Because when you grow, people around you grow. I remember when I was uh oh, uh, I think I was in fourth grade. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I was in fourth grade. And uh my dad used, to, I went to this very difficult school uh where where uh, there was a lot of bullying and a lot of a lot of tough stuff that, that happened, and my dad would give me this talk about how I should stand up for the week, right? But I'd go to school and stuff would be going on, and I'm like, "If Dad was here, he could fix this." But I'm not getting part of this. That could hurt, right? Well, that that kind of changed for me in the fourth grade. My my family and I were driving down at, uh, a country road, and I remember oh, I remember this so vividly. Off to the left, uh, on on the other side of the road, in the shoulder of the road, kind of up a little dirt alley, uh, there was a car parked there. And a man had a woman by the neck and was, had her bent over the car and was shaking her. And cars had just been maybe honking or something, but just driving by. And this is, this is pre-cell uh, phone days, right? So, so nobody you could call in that instant. They'd just been driving by and my dad just slams on the brakes and... Rolls his window down and starts yelling at the guy to stop. And the guy's startled because nobody's been challenging him. He, he, he looks up and he yells something to my dad and he starts to let her go. And, and and then he does and turns to my dad. And then he begins to say to my dad some some words that as a fourth grader, I hadn't yet heard. These were new words, right? Very interesting words to me. And my, my brothers and I were just like, wow, what is this? And my dad says to the, the, the young lady, he said, Can you get help? Can you get away? Can you get to safety? And she kind of staggers off and begins to get to safety. And then the guy walks around to the back of his car, opens up his trunk and pulls out, back in the day, you may remember, we used to have these big four-prong tire irons, these big things to change tires with. He pulls out this big old tire iron, slams the trunk down, and he begins to walk to my to, across the road to where my dad has his window pulled down. Now, at this point, my mom gets involved. She begins to tell my dad, it is time to go. It is time to go. And they begin to have this very fascinating argument in the front seat, right? This uh, this whole scene was fascinating as a fourth grader, right? And and, and she says, it's time to go. And she's in very strong words telling my dad, roll your window up, let's go. Instead, knowing that this young lady was not that far away and still needing to get further away to safety, he steps out of... Or we had a, a, a van. He steps out of the van, shuts the door, and tells mom, lock the door, and if something goes wrong, get out of here quick. My mom desperately disagrees with this plan and is yelling, no! But dad shuts the door. And then dad just turns and faces the guy as he comes. I remember to this day, and and and, and these days... Uh, beards and long hair are kind of cool but in those days it only a few crazies right and this guy had long hair and a beard and he was walking across the road and he was saying stuff dad telling dad what he was going to do with that tire iron and boy it was fascinating my mom's yelling out the wind it's crazy and dad just stands there and the guy walks across the first half of the road gets about All three or four feet from my dad stops, turns around, walks back, throws his tire on the trunk, jumps in. I remember him spinning his tires in the dirt and takes off. Then I remember there's this negotiation between my mom and my dad as to whether dad was allowed back in the van, but eventually she allows dad back in the van we drive to uh, the nearest police station a few miles away and, and report the situation. And, and I'm not telling the story because my advice to you is to handle it just like that. I don't know that that was necessarily the best way, but, but I tell you the story because something changed in me because now my dad's words to me about standing up for people in this world took life and my heart grew And I became bolder. And that's what happens when whatever's in front of you, whether it's justice or whether it's some other kind of challenge, whatever it is in front of you, you stand up, empowered by God's Holy Spirit within you, and you say, I will do what I can. I will take this lion. I will take this bear on. I'll take this health challenge. I'll go see a counselor. I'll have a difficult discussion with my child. Whatever it is, I'll do my part. I may, there may be people more educated or there may be people more articulate or whatever, whatever, whatever. But God's put this in front of me. I'm going to take it on. And when you do that, no matter the outcome, people around you are going to see that your faith in God is real And their faith is going to grow. And together, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to face the challenges of our day with resilience and boldness. People are going to look at us and say, they live with such optimism and joy despite the circumstances. And we're going to say, we're doing our best, but it's because we believe in the God we serve. He is able. And when we do that, the world will see us and they'll want the relationship with God that we have. So there's four ways God's going to build your bold heart. The first is through your everyday challenges. The second is through the criticism that you're going to face. It's coming. The third is by equipping you very uniquely, not like anybody else. And then in those crisis moments, God's going to give you even more strength And you're going to face that moment in a doctor's office or in a counseling session or in a classroom or wherever it is. And those around us, they're going to grow as a result. Let me pray with you. Father in heaven, it's a joy to know that you live with me and that you want to build in me a bold heart and in all of us a bold heart. So right now we submit to you in our lives We cooperate with you, building us the kind of faith that can take on giants, because we live in a world where there's giants, but you're a giant conquering God. We love you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Live with joy, live with resilience, live with boldness, because God is with you.